Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Take me back to the glory This is the one and only Back to the 80s Radio. We've got a great show. Thank you for joining us today. We're here together as we are every single time with the man, the myth, and the legend, the Chang. I like the way that all went together. Kind of like uh, I'll take some light croutons uh, on my green <laughs> salad and top that off with some Thousand Island. Well, we've got a wonderful, wonderful oh, show for uh, you guys. Chain, would, would you not say a chantastic show, I would say? We are all going to have a chantastic show because right. there is a special guest in the waiting Ooh, here. Do tell. You know, for those of you who liked harder rock and you guys love hair metal, and if you guys like metal, and if you guys love 80s music, you mm-hmm. are in for a treat. Because with us in studio, we have Steelheart. The guy looks like he can go 15 rounds with anybody. I mean, at the microphone or with the gloves on. Hopefully all of you have got through another grind and you're ready to rewind with Toscano with Chang here. I want to give a special shout out as we do every single time we're together. Because it's important that we thank everybody who listens to us, who takes time out of their day to let us in to their life. So thank you Mm -hmm. to each person who's listening to the Back to the 80s radio show, who listened through any streaming platform. From Pandora to iHeart to iTunes to TuneIn and anywhere else. Just, I really appreciate it. A big shout out to Victor and Catherine Levine from Forcefield Studios. And let's let them know, Toscano, that one of these days, if they don't invite us, we'll have to go down there with your acoustical guitar and uh, your son and we'll have to, uh, we'll, we'll have to. Serenade them? Songs, yes. (laughs) The boys on guitar and I will, I will do a little bit of Frank Sinatra. Nice. I want to give a chang shout out to everybody out there that wears a uniform. You know who you are. You are the working class heroes. Also, a special shout out to everybody in the armed forces going out there and putting your lives on the line and protecting us to let us do what we are doing for all of you. A big shout out to everybody giving us thumbs up, of course, but a big, big Thank you for all those thumbs down as well. Oh, Why, Chang? Because we need your thumbs. A thumb down to us is just like a thumbs up. That's right. Because we got your attention. You just didn't like us at that moment. <laughs> Here is I'll Never Let You Go by Steelheart. This is Back to the 80s.
commercials. Please help support us in your donation today. We are going back to the 80s. Joining us is a real rocker, ladies and gentlemen, in every sense of the word. He is the incomparable voice of Steelheart. In 2010, did a tour with The Doors along with Ray Manzarek and Robbie Krieger. Steelheart's Milenko Matievich is with us. Millie, thank you for coming back. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Millie, when you joined us last time, we, we talked, of course, about all those points that they usually talk about in interviewing shows and things like that. But let's go ahead and kick it off because we want to take advantage of the time that we have with you. We hear a lot, yes. a lot of paying your dues from, from bands, especially from bands back then and from artists. What are some of the things, some of those tough things that you personally had to go through to get to the point where you went to the audition or to the point where you were discovered? What were some of those dues that, that were really just, they were hard, kind of make you, made you want to doubt? Yeah, the, the disheartening thing is that, you know, back in the day, they made it so damn difficult for you to send in a demo tape or something like that. You know, everybody was so too cool for school, you know, oh, you can't go in here. You can't have unsolicited tapes. I mean, it was a pain in the ass. I've got to tell you. And, uh, we were rehearsing forever. And finally I, uh, one day, literally I, I just said, you know what? That's it. I don't give a shit. I'm going to LA. I'm going to Hollywood, become a star. And that's literally what I said at the dinner table, my parents, and because my father asked me, what are you, you know, what are you doing? Literally, what are you doing with your life? And I said, I'm going to Hollywood Friday to become a star. And he said, do it. You know, and I did. I just I, ha- I only had one. I had one connection. One. The other ones was literally me taking a tape and walking and knocking on doors, whether it was uh, management firms or whether it was I remember going to A&M Records, knocking on the door at right a sunset here. And it's like, hey, I, you know, who do I give a tape to? I got an amazing, I got an amazing band. This is like, this is the shit, you know? And it was like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm lucky I made it out alive kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it's like the door song, right, bro? No one here gets out alive and you made it out no, alive. Brother. Yeah, exactly. But it's just like, you know, it's so, they made it so freaking difficult. And then there was so much too cool for school also that, you know, the A&R guys were like, you know, we did one showcase and I mean, the band was legit. I mean, we were ready. We were, the songs were done. Everything was done. And the guy's like, well, you need a little more work here. You need this, you need that. And it's, we're looking at it. We're going, really? And um, we got turned down quite a bit. It was kind of weird. And it wasn't until I went to Hollywood and I met up with this producer and I knew there was a manager that was staying with him for the weekend that were working on a project. So uh, I played the music to the producer and he was like, wow, this is like, this is amazing, you know? So then Stan comes upstairs, the manager, and he goes, hey, Stan, you should, you should really listen to this, uh, this kid's uh, music, you know? And he goes, you know, I'm sure you're great. You look great. I'm sure you sound great. I don't want another band. I can't. If I listen to it and I like it, I can't take on another band. I'm just on overload right now. So then the other guy just goes to him, I really think you should listen to this. And he goes, okay, I'll tell you what. Here's my address in New York in my office, send it to my office. I'll have a listen. And I'll get back to you. So this was Monday, right at noon. So as soon as I left, as soon as I left the meeting, I went right to FedEx and I FedEx it overnight. So when he came to the office in the morning on Tuesday, he was flying out that night. He got the tape and I wasn't even home yet. And I, but I listened to my answer machine and on the answer machine, I could hear, I'll never let you go. Literally only halfway through the chorus. Okay. And he says, you fucking prick. It is that good. Call me immediately. So then I call him. I came home Wednesday, Thursday. I went to New York. Uh, the band and I went to New York. We met with Stan and we had um, a verbal agreement. We we're going to work together. And Friday, literally, this is a true story. Friday at 5 p.m. He calls me. You ready? You're going to be on Universal MCA Records. Have a good weekend. Boom. From there, it happened like, you know, everything just snowballed so quickly. We made an amazing record. And uh, sadly, it, uh, it, it was on the shelf for eight months. You know, the Universal really wasn't doing anything with it, which was really disheartening and frightening. You know, uh, we weren't quite sure what was going on. And, um, but what happened is that Japan, Masaito, a very influential uh, DJ back then, played She's Gone. And he got over two and a half thousand phone calls for the song. 
it was it was just unbelievable uh, the overwhelming response so um it hit it hit big and then i went to japan for interviews i didn't know what was going on i landed and there was probably like four or five hundred fans waiting for me i mean it was like uh something you you know you kind of read about you know the beatles and all of that stuff then it just took off and then united states picked up and and then the rest is uh, history. You know, a little side note that I was reading that when uh, the album is released, 33,000 albums were sold in one day, in one day yeah. in Japan, going platinum. Right. I mean, that's amazing. Right. Uh, you remember the albums then was $50 an album over there. $50. Wow. It's insane, you know? So, um, yeah, that was, um, that was extremely exciting. But those are, you know, those are the challenges. It took us, uh, what, I believe 10 or 13 years rehearsing, just sitting around sending tapes, with no responses. It's like, and everybody knows this one and I know this one. And then you give the tape and then, you know, it's just everybody's so busy. And it was a lot of work, I'll be honest with you. It, it, if we could do it again. I, I, If I was in charge, I would definitely give a lot more opportunities for people, you know, and try to respond to them as well. You know, why do you think uh, rock and roll, as we're discussing, hits bigger in Japan and other countries faster than it does sometimes here in the United States or the UK, rather? Well, I think it's a smaller demographic, first of all. You know, it's more concentrated, smaller countries, and they get to hear it and they get to, uh, how would I say, process it quicker, I think. Mm -hmm. And and they do, you know, take them, I think they take a little more of a minute to appreciate it and see what, what it really is. The United States is so vast. I mean, to get heard in the United States is like... Hendrix didn't yeah. make it here either. He had to go to the UK. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, in the United States, you know, I got to say everyone's fickle, too cool for school sometimes. It's like, ah, it's a lot of work, you know. So by the time you get to reach the people, it just... um I mean, it just takes a long time. There's a lot of people here. It's a big country, a lot of amazing artists also, and a lot of bullshit artists in the way. Yeah. No offense, sorry. Some some artists that shouldn't be doing that, they should be doing something else. And um, yeah, it's just difficult to get through. Without a doubt, and we talked about this the last time you were here, we're not going to go into it as far as details, but your worst moment, without a doubt, in my opinion, of course, would have had to have been your night on Halloween night. Since you had to live through the torment in many different facets, talk to us uh, just about what went through your mind, if you can. Oh, well, that, that was very, you know, difficult. For a minute there, I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to keep going, keep singing, you know. Um, my world completely crumbled. I mean, everything went, anything that could go wrong went wrong. It was almost as if life stripping me you know, of everything and rebuilding me, so to speak, you know, I would lie there for seven months. I didn't leave the house because I, my brain swelled and I couldn't, I couldn't even uh, go to the bathroom it was just a lot of work and blink. I couldn't blink because my, the pain was so excruciating, but uh, you know, after a while, it just, just uh, had a lot of time to think it was time to move on, you know? And when I did do that, the band separated, um, it was, um, it wasn't fun. I I'll be honest with you. It was sad. It was sad the way it all kind of, um, you know, dissipated, but then it just grew to more stuff than, you know, the game, then money missing and then managers and legal things. I mean, it just went from one thing to another thing to another thing. And on top of that, then I started losing memory and then I was in a fog. So it was just years of mentally rebuilding my brain. Wow. I was there in consciousness. And then all of a sudden I just drifted, I drifted somewhere else. And I was just like, whoa, and now I'm here. And then now I'm not here. And it was just my conversations with people would be, you know, focused. And then all of a sudden I start talking about something else. That's what traumatic brain injury is, you know? Yeah. So a lot of things went through my mind. I did see a lot at, uh, in those moments. I had learned how to go to sleep, honestly which is, I know sounds uh, crazy, but um, at one point, I, you know, my life was such a turmoil that I couldn't fall asleep. I, I ended up on a futon in the attic of my friend's house. I mean, go figure. 
And I wasn't on drugs. Wow. I wasn't drunk, you know, none of that. And it was just, it was just, um, life said, you know what, pause, let's, let's restart this thing. You know, yeah. after that, you, you can't sleep. You're stressing out. You're stressing out in the morning. You're stressed out at night. It's like, and one day I just said, you know what, this is it. I'm tired. I got to go to sleep. I can stress tomorrow, but right now I need to sleep. All right, good. We got it done. <laughs> and from then on, Till this day, when I put my head on a pillow, I'm gone. Like a baby. I'm like a baby. Because it's it's time out, you know? You can start tomorrow stressing out, but if you take it to bed, it doesn't work. Nothing changes. But if you come fresh and wake up fresh, you're clean, you got your mental side, you can focus, and you can rebuild. And also what I did, you know, it was really crazy. I thought it was, was uh, one of the things that saved me is that... Uh, I took days off from stressing. Really? Okay? How do you I do mean, that? <laughs> check, check this. This is a, this is really funny. Now here I am. Okay, I lost everything. I mean, I'm I'm done. I'm shot, burnt. Okay, I'm sitting there with 15 cents in my pocket. I'm like, going, oh man, this is like, how can this be? You know? In a minute ago, I'm playing Denver Arena. You know? Hmm. But I did. I I said, I go. You know what? I'm getting tired of this. Tomorrow, I'm taking a day off. I'm taking a day off from stressing. I'm taking a day off from thinking. I'm taking a day off from abusing myself, you know, or other people, whatever they think. Of. I don't give a shit. Tomorrow is a day off. And I'd wake up and I go, okay, today's a day off. And it works. It really works. Okay. It gives you a moment to reset, you know, give yourself a moment because this is life, you know, and it's, it's like, we're not perfect, but it would be great to take a minute. Even if you're, whatever you're doing, window shopping, take a walk. I would fall asleep in the park on the grass, you know, and just take that moment. And then the next day you can start stressing all over again. So definitely a mind over matter thing. So would you say that your best mm -hmm. moment personally was after all that experience and then you came back? Would you say that was one of your best moments personally? Yeah. You know, when I... One really major moment was when we were mixing the weight record, which uh, We All Die Young is on there. And I believe Kit was uh, a friend of mine and producer that we made that record. We passed away recently, a very dear friend. Kit was mixing, I believe, We All Die Young. I believe it was that song. And it was after dinner, and we were in England, beautiful studio. And the chefs were amazing, so we couldn't wait for dinner. So after dinner, I got my feet up on the desk and I'm kind of taking a nap while he's mixing, but I could still hear everything, you know, but I'm falling into a nice space. And out of nowhere, something just picked me up off my chair. I just, I mean, I stood up like, I mean, like something picked me up and I stood up and Kit looks at me, whoa, whoa, what's going on? What happened? What's, what's the matter? I go, holy shit, I'm back. I'm back in this world. It was so, I can't, it, I can't even explain it. It was like, now I was in back in this world. But before I'm always like, you know, in, out, in, out, fuzzy. And I came back and it was just remarkable. A supernatural moment. You know, all we saw on TV yeah. or heard on the radio was just the end result of a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that bands went through. And in this case, Steel Heart, yourself, Let's take a short breather. When we come back, we'll be reading some questions from fans that we just got. We'll be back with Steel Heart. Yeah. Right back to the 80s radio. You're listening to Back to the 80s. Ouch. You remember the first time you tried these games? Space Cadet. But with practice... Captain Galaxy! And when you first tried Coke, I bet you said, no, thank you. But hey, hey, hey! Let's try Coke again. Because once you got that new wave taste, you want to try it again, again, and again. Practice makes perfect. Catch the wave, Coke. If you can't wear a spandex jumpsuit, what can you do? This is... Back to the 80s. Back to the 80s radio, we are joined by Steelheart. We did take some questions from fans. They want to have you hopefully answer them. So here's a few questions. Here's one uh, from Diane, Orange County, California. She says, what's yeah. the strangest thing 
that ever happened to you while on tour, uh, aside from the accident, of course? Maybe one of the funniest strange things, I would say, uh, that comes to mind right away. We were doing uh, Everybody Loves Eileen video. Do you remember that video? Yeah. And, uh, and I had these uh, suede, suede uh, fringe-like Indian pants. And uh, we'd be jamming, touring, performing. Anyway, that night I was like losing, how would I say, uh, just having a lot of fun. And uh, I'm in a front row and there's a bunch of people in the front row. And I'll never forget it. There was a couple of girls in the front row. And, I, and I'm saying I do the back bend, you know, scream. And my pants ripped in half. <laughs> no underwear. <laughs> so I guess that was a kind of strange, kind of funny. Ricardo from the Bronx asking, is there a song that you wish you had recorded? So I'm, I'm assuming he means just out of any song in the world. Is there a song that you wish it would have been you recording that song? Ah, uh, um, I would probably, you know, I'd probably say stay with him. Stairway to Heaven. If, they, if, they, if there was one song that I would like to do, you know, and I did do an acoustic version of Stairway to Heaven, by the way, never released it. And um, it, it was, it's actually really nice. It's got a nice vibe to it. But um, that, I would say that, yes, yeah, Stairway to Heaven. I do. I think that's a beautiful song and that's forever. Tammy from Florida is asking, is there an 80s band that's not rock that you really enjoy listening to? Well, here's my problem. I'm good to be really honest. <laughs> Here you go. My problem is, as you see the studio that you're that you're yep, seeing. Yeah, absolutely. This, okay, I'm in here like all the time. Okay, <laughs> so I when I leave here, I don't listen to bands. I don't listen to me. I listen to classical music oh. or meditation music because it's too nice. much. So I'm a little bit out of the loop, to be brutally honest. We got Joanne from Seattle just asking, how do you take care of your voice? Because you do sing those extremely high notes. And what is the most difficult song to sing? Well, they're all difficult, straight up. Okay. Um, but to take care of my voice, I really, um, well, I don't smoke. Uh, I got to go easy, you know, very moderate on the alcohol because it strips your throat, you know, if you're drinking and all that. Um, I don't do drugs. Uh, it's honey, tea, a lot of water. And um, the best thing for me that I really, really love is the more I sing, the better I get. And recently, it's been so much of uh, these days, it's like all of it's like more of promotion and, and everything else than singing, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm just doing all the uh, I'm actually singing Eileen right now for the 30th album, finishing that up. And I, yesterday I sang a good eight hours. It feels so good. So a lot of singing, hot water, honey, a lot of rest. And that's it. Just go easy on the alcohol and no smoking. You know, but let me say this. I love a scotch and a good cigar once in a while. You know, it's, you know, being a singer, it's not just about singing. There's so much involved. It's a, it's a keep healthy. You got to sing. You got, it's a mental you know, there's so many facets to being a singer. It's not just like boom, boom, go, you know, a lot involved. I'm sure all the singers know that. Uh, another note, I re-recorded She's Gone uh, with a 40-piece orchestra for this album. Wow. And it's just nice. vocals, vocals, piano, and a 40-piece orchestra. It is, I think, is gorgeous. Okay. Oh, I'd love to and, hear that. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm really excited for the world to hear it. I hope you guys all like it. It's special. You know, Chang, remember about a couple of weeks ago, I started listening to one by one through your entire albums, right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember, Chang, about two weeks ago, what I told you about the song She's Gone? Yeah, you said that was one of your favorites. Yeah, you said that it, it, it was uh, very balanced, ballad-like, poetic, uh, deep lyrics. You said that was probably one of your uh, now favorite songs that uh, you can uh, go back to the 80s and, and grab. Yeah, it it literally is a masterpiece. Uh, musically speaking, you know, my younger my youngest son, who's a guitarist, I had him listen to it with, a, I would say, a considerable amount of mm -hmm. volume in the car. And he was just like, wow, amazing song. Uh, you jam with Zach, Matt, and Jeff uh, when you guys are cracking... Uh, that uh, movie. Rockstar. 
Right. right. And uh, you still keep in touch with those cats? Uh, have you gotten in, in the studio with them just for fun or any other kind of uh, business with those cats? Well, um, what we're working on, you know, in 2019, I actually put together a show with a promoter in, in uh, Pompano Beach, Florida. And we were going to actually do Steel Dragon. We were going to do a show. Jason wasn't going to do it because he was on tour. So uh, not on tour. He just, I don't know, he couldn't do it or something. Uh, but it was um, me, Zach Wilde, Jeff Pilson, and Matt Sorum. Literally, I think it was, I want to say March something. And then the pandemic hit. It just cut it. So uh, so then we waited. Then we waited till the summer. And then it was pushed back to the winter. And then it was pushed to the next year. And then two years went by. So um, right now, I'm actually um, uh, waiting on a couple of offers, and I hope uh, that I can reach out to the guys and see if we can do a show or two, you know, with Steel Dragon. Which That'd would be, be pretty wicked, think, bro. Yeah, I think that would be a That'd lot be of fun. Really I think people wicked. would love it. There's a decline in the type of music talent uh, that is getting promoted and played nowadays as opposed to in our era. Uh, I'd even say up to the 90s with the uh, with the kicking uh, in the door of grunge. But would you not say the decline of musical talent and musical substance that we lack are of three reasons? And here are those reasons. The decline of terrestrial radio, free form radio, the, the end of the radio personality, uh, the end of music stores, being able to go out there, listen to music at a venue, Tickets weren't that expensive. Bands were able to play more. There was a lot more PR to the business. Do you think with the decline of music now, all three things are of equivalence and lead to this decline? Well, I, I, I definitely all, all three and more. You know, I can add to that, too. I think um, I think what's happening is that the talent, a lot of talented artists who are artists, that's who they are. They're Buddhas. That's Correct. what I call them. They're Buddhas. They're channels. They are true to their art. That's what they do. <clears throat> and those are the people we got to, uh, this is, work with me here. I'll try to explain all of what I'm saying. Is those are the people that we have to protect. Those are the people we have to find and nurture and build because they're giving us information. They're giving us memories, good feelings, uh, or uh, psychological help. I mean, all the above. Okay? And what I see is that a lot of those artists don't have the capacity or the amount of information that comes through artists is a lot of shit going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then to have to start twitting or to start doing this Facebook and the TikTok and the yik cock and the lock cock and all that shit. Okay. It burns <laughs> them out. Oh, yeah. Okay. But now you got these other guys who not as good. They're not really artists. They got something, you know, they'll put some together or the, you know, some music. It's not bad, but they're really good in everything else. And then they'll do it for a year or two. And they'll be like, ah, that's not what I do. I'm actually an accountant. And it's like, well, you're in the way of true artists, right? So we kind of lose a lot of that, I feel. There's so many people in the way. We have 70,000 songs uploaded to Spotify a day. 70,000. Who the hell makes all these songs? <laughs> That's because yeah. because now you know nowadays you could, anyone can make, make a song. You just, it, it's it's easy. Just you can just get it off the internet. You get a you get a track off the internet, and then you go and rap on it, put us, and then and then put it up. It's like who knows? Maybe I'll become famous. Right. It's like winning. It's like a lotto thing, you know. So we have that. We lost the authenticity. How do we bring that back? How do we bring back live music? You know, we have to ask for it. The fans have to, to ask for it, mm -hmm. you know. But, you know, then again, you know, times are changing and it is what it is today. That's the only that's the thing. How do we how do we bring some of that back? The future is here and we are moving forward and we have to accept that. Mm -hmm. But how do we bring some of that energy back? Because we, uh, what I'm hearing constant conversations is, oh, how amazing it was in the 80s. Oh, you guys missed the 80s. Oh, man, that was so amazing then. It was so much fun. And it's true. It really was. So how do we bring some of that energy back? You know? And, yeah, the DJs now, they have zero pull. Zero. They have a tape. 
they put in a tape and that's what you're playing. That's it. There's three majors that own the music business. I'm old school, bro, just like you. And to me, okay. growing up, I wasn't a TV kid. I was all about sports, but it was all about the radio. I grew up with great jocks. That's the yeah. one thing I wanted to do before I checked out of this world. I wanted to be an on-air personality. And the reason being because uh, with my backing of my parents, I was brought up very uh, almost like a civil activist. Uh, I, I fear nothing. My father was a, a, a tremendous, a great mentor to me in his teachings and his ways of life. So to me, man. growing up, music was everything. To me, music and comedy are the only two entities that we can captivate a mass group of people at one time, and there is nothing but harmony. That would make a way sweeter world. And what we are up against now, I feel, is the powers above, of, of above that bring us music, that prostitute individuals to sing. I think it's more of how you look, how sexy you can be, how ridiculously stupid you could possibly be is what is making the industry's money because they can rip these individuals off because they have no substance. So I think great bands that we grew up with a great band such as yours, bro. I mean, dude, you got to kill the chops. I mean, it's metal all Thank the you. way, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you guys are, uh, your styles, those styles are, are becoming a dying breed. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You know, uh, I did like what you said, the, the prostitution of, you know artists you know interesting what i will say is that it does come down to one thing money and the amount of greed that i see personally sorry but it's just all money me me i i let me be the the big swing and penis here i'm the guy i'm you know it's all about me this and that and i got this i have that it, we we lost the honesty Okay, it's the honesty of making music. You know, people say to me, I got to tell you, a lot of people say to me, why are you still making music? All these other bands don't really make, you know, the, in my genre, they don't make any more music, really. They, they will once in a while, but they're kind of done with it. You know, I mean, some of my friends who are in this genre, 30 years, they haven't made a record and they won't. Why? Because they don't see the, the value in it. Okay, uh, because not that it's going to make money or anything, but I don't see it that way. There is a value. There's a value for me. There's a value of energy. There's a, something I need to say. And if it's coming through me, like the song Trust and Love I wrote, I mean, this this shit comes through me. I, what am I gonna, not going to record it? Of course I'm going to record it. I'm going to record it, and I'm going to record it. I'm going to make crazy videos, and I'm going to oh, do yeah. whatever I got to do to do what I'm supposed to do. Amen, That's what man. artists have to do. And yeah. maybe some, some more of that honesty with the rest of them, maybe we can rise to a new level, you yeah. know, but right now it's become so digital, you know, not that I, I like some of that stuff, you know, but it's become so digital and some of it's become like, really? I mean, really? How the fuck are you making so much money on that? It's like, out of, God bless yeah. you, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Check this out. It's like this, right? You listen to those records, you listen to all those older records. When we went in that studio, okay, there's no auto-tune, there's no pitching, there's no fixing, there's no cutting. Either you got it or you don't. don't. So one of your passions, Emily, is helping humanity in any way that is possible. And if you can just talk to us about trust and love, the, there's a project involved with all this, which I, I sincerely believe is it got the potential to do a lot of great things for everybody. Talk to us about that. Well, I, I, I really do hope so. You know, sometimes I, I mean, sometimes I see, I wish I could just shake everybody for a second and just show that, Hey, this is it guys. This is life. This is happening. Us doing this interview right now. We are choosing to be together to do this interview and talk about this. Every moment of the day is life ticking, tick, 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 tick. Okay. And it could be gone in any second. As my accident, I was spared. I should have been dead. I should have been dead on that stage. Absolutely, that that impact, except I was spared. And I just, I'm through my songs, I'm just trying to send a message, a message of raising our vibration of intelligence. We're all there. We all see it. Right now, it's like I feel like the world is being tested with, with the war in Ukraine. I feel this one man is testing the world to our 
level of intelligence. It is unifying a lot of people. It is definitely unifying. So it's, it, I feel like we are growing. And my message is to rise and ra- raise the vibration. That's what I want to do. And that's what the song is, Trust and Love. That's what it's about. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, I know we're pressed for time, so I can go on with this for, for an hour. But uh, I just want to say, guys, this is life. It's ticking. And, you know, we are all, we all see a new level of thinking. The old ways is not working. It, we already did it. War doesn't work. But it's time to, it's time to step up, I feel. It's time to step up in every area. I, I want you to go out, check out Steelheart's page at steelheart.com. By the way, quickly, on August 19th or August 20th, one of those two days, we're shooting a movie. And the movie is, uh, the movie which I'll be also acting in, is uh, the song Trust and Love is the theme of the movie. And the director loved the song so much, they changed the title of the movie to Trust and Love. What could be better? So, nice. What could be I hope, better? I hope, I hope, I hope that, you know, everyone enjoys it. Thank you for taking the time right. to talk about the music and times that became the soundtrack of our lives, Millie. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Thank my you brother. Thank so much, Gemma. Open your eyes.
with Steel Heart, with She's Gone, the live version here on Back to the 80s Radio. Chang, it's time for us to vamonos and uh, to make it a good week up ahead. Thank you guys for joining us, and thank you to Steel Heart for taking the time to be with us here on Back to the 80s. For those of you who are going to be working this weekend, you know, just uh, stay safe. And over all things, be contagious with a friendly spirit. Share the 80s, because nothing can be happier. Before I release you all to another Chang-tastic weekend, I want you all to remember to stay lifted and gifted. Doesn't matter who you are, what you do, you matter. I bid you all an adios. Arrivederci. Hasta la vista. Hasta mañana. Hasta luego. A sayonara and aloha. And to all my bros and hoes in the OC, I want to say, see ya, catch you in the next one. And to all my homies and everybody across the land, ora levato. Take me back to the glory.